Today's podcast is brought to you by Liquid IV. This is a partnership I'm thrilled to share with you guys. The subject of hydration is a meaningful and important one that I think a lot of people don't have the conversation. It's just simply a fact that you cannot perform at your highest level if you are dehydrated, especially in these crucial summer months of training for cross country being hydrated is a must. Despite the myth floating around, water alone does not keep you hydrated. It's very important to supplement with products like Liquid IV to ensure you're ready to go for training. So why might you ask, should I choose Liquid IV? Well, I have a few facts for you. It has two to three times more hydration than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And it has three times the amount of electrolytes compared to traditional sports drinks, which is just incredible. And then also Liquid IV uses only premium ingredients. Every product is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. One crazy fact that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is that dehydration occurs daily in 75% of people. It's not just runners where dehydration happens. It's in everybody and you need to be hydrated to feel your best and perform your best. And you can start to fix that problem by fueling up with Liquid IV. Don't wait, you can start to run faster and feel better today. So maybe you're not convinced yet. <laughs> you can get 25% off of all products with code the running effect, all caps. In addition to this, we get a small commission from sales using that code. So you are directly contributing to the future of this podcast, which is super exciting. I'm super passionate about this product and hope you will all give it a try and help the podcast in the process. So I hope you all try out Liquid IV. It's definitely helped me in my training and staying hydrated. And even in these podcasts, it's uh, one of my favorite beverages to drink while I uh, ask the questions on the other side of the mic. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Stoke Performance Nut Butter. This is a company that provides a world-class product and owners Wilkerson and James are truly incredible people who have made an even more incredible product. Stoke Performance Nut Butter uses only the cleanest ingredients so you can be performing and feeling your best every single day. Every ingredient in the nut butter has a purpose and reason behind why it's in the product, which personally was super impactful for me because normally when you try out most nut uh, butters or peanut butters and you look at the ingredients there's always one or two sketchy ingredients that makes you scratch your head and wonder man I wish there was a better product out there that only used clean ingredients and Stoke Performance Nut Butter filled that hole and I'm so excited to start using this product. Some key nutrients in Stoke Performance Nut Butter include B vitamins to support energy production and blood health, curcumin to support cardiovascular health, increased brain-derived neurotropic factor and muscle recovery, selenium to support proper thyroid function and energy metabolism, copper and iron to support blood health, zinc to support immune function, magnesium to support muscle function and recovery, and polyphenol phenols to support anti-inflammatory effects again like truly uses the best ingredients and nutrients to make you feel your best self going into your run or workout 
This product is also super delicious and comes in very fun and unique flavors such as cinnamon pecan fuel and dark chocolate hazelnut fuel. When I first started doing research on this product, I was immediately blown away and quite honestly in disbelief that such a high quality product existed. Not only that was super, super healthy and clean, but also one that tasted super, super delicious. So you can get 10% off all products with code the running effect. In addition to this, we get a small commission from sales using that code, so you are directly contributing to the future of this podcast, which is super exciting. I'm super passionate about this product and hope you will all give it a try and help the podcast out in the process. So go on over to stokeperformance.com to check out their amazing and incredible products today and use our code to help support the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and before we get into today's inspiring and impactful conversation, I would greatly appreciate it if you liked, subscribed, shared the show with your friends, and even gave us a five-star review on Spotify. That way, people who haven't discovered the show can discover the show more easily. In today's episode of the podcast, I have the great privilege of speaking with Simeon Birnbaum. This episode is kind of fun because it was uh, the day of Simeon's 17th birthday that he came on the show to record the episode, which I didn't know before hopping on the show with him. So it was a fun way to kick off his birthday. And he's actually the youngest guest in the history of the show, which is super exciting. And along with that, he broke four minutes in the mile at the Brooks PR Invitational run by Sound Running and Brooks Running. And he was, I believe, the 17th American high school boy to ever break the barrier. But in addition to that, he was the second youngest person all time in history to break four minutes in the mile. The only person who is ahead of him is Jakob Ingebrigtsen, who I'm sure many of you guys know. So in this episode, we dive into Simeon's upbringing in the sport of running. Um, He originally grew up in Canada, as you'll hear, and originally started playing hockey, and then he transitioned into running. So you get to hear all about his start in the sport of running, and then his dreams and aspirations as high school kicked off and the sub four minute barrier in all things his race last weekend. We dive deep into it. And then lastly, we answer your fun and unique listener questions. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Simeon Burtonbaum. Simeon, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing today on this day, your birthday? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing great today. I got plenty of sleep after a pretty hectic week and now I'm excited to be on here. Thank you for having me. So we're breaking records today because first off, you're the youngest guest ever on the podcast. And secondly, I believe you're the only guest to ever come on your birthday, which is kind of special. I want to take us all the way back to a year ago today. What If you would have told yourself a year ago today that you would break four minutes in the mile, would you have believed yourself? Um, yeah, no way. Uh, I remember last year I ran 423 at the state meet and I was thinking about next year and I was like, well, maybe 410 would be a good goal. Maybe a little bit unrealistic, but I mean, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. So yeah, I definitely wouldn't have believed it. So how cool has this past week been realizing that you're the 17th boy to ever break the four minute barrier and then on top of that i believe you're the second youngest person ever to do it right behind the legend jakob ingebrigtsen 
Yeah, no, it's it's pretty wild. I've always kind of like when I was younger, I kind of got I was pretty involved in the sport, and I would look at kind of like high school like phenoms and be like, wow, that's that's amazing what they accomplished at that age. And I mean, to do it, I I'm still kind of in shock. Like I don't know, it probably hasn't hasn't even really set in yet kind of what I did this weekend and what I've done for South Dakota running. But, um, yeah, eventually it will. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Let's go into like South Dakota running in general. South Dakota is definitely not a super well-known state and certainly not a well-known state for running in doing preparation for this episode. I think I found out that you're like basically the state record in every distance event. So first off, can you kind of give our listeners a little behind the scenes look at running in South Dakota? And in addition to that, just how special is it to you to elevate the state in this way by breaking this monumental barrier? Yeah. So running in South Dakota is full of like ups and downs with weather from events and just you kind of you kind of got to learn to deal with it all like uh this spring was the windiest spring in south dakota history meaning that on average it was like 20 mile an hour constant winds with days like having gusts up to 60 and you know you kind of you kind of develop a really tough mindset and I'm going into like any races in Seattle or California. I mean, no matter what, like even if like they consider bad weather, it's like the best weather I'll ever get a run in. So I think that's a huge advantage. And um, I think there's a a big reason that South Dakota isn't heard of is because kids don't get the opportunities like I have to go and race in California or Oregon or Seattle. I mean, I would say like a, a 425 in South Dakota is like, like a 410 if you if you live in california like it's wild that we have to deal with and training and racing so i'm really happy what that i showed what can happen when we get some opportunities how hard do you think the south dakota weather has like made you not just physically but also mentally yeah i've i've definitely done some runs where i'm trying to do a tempo or something and um, I'm just have like rocks flying my face or just dust get in my eyes from from the wind and I just like yell sometimes I just get like this is absolutely ridiculous why am I out here running right now um, so mentally I feel like I can really push myself to a place that many people can't um, especially when I have the rare opportunities of good weather I really can take advantage of it and I mean why why waste all the hard work I put in So going back, way back to your start in the sport of running, and I'm sure this kind of goes along with South Dakota running, can you take us behind how you got your start in the sport of running? And in addition to that, what were your first impressions of the sport? Yeah, so I actually um, started running in Alberta, Canada. I moved there um, when I was four years old. My dad took a, a pastoring job up there and so obviously, living in a, um, Canada, running definitely isn't the main sport there. I I started off um, playing hockey, and my dad actually started a running club um, there. So we'd run like two or three times a week, um, like, but really weren't even running. We were just like playing games, like tag or capture the flag. So I'd say my intro, uh, getting introduced to running, was very chill and just a lot of fun. I mean nothing was serious. I think we ran like one or two meets a year and it was just like, I mean, whatever, just get on the line. And we, none of us like really even had running shoes. We just kind of ran and whatever. So I definitely had a very chill and uh, fun introduction to running. 
So you mentioned that you started out playing hockey in Canada. I'm curious to hear, why did you choose to eventually pursue running over any other sport? What do you think makes this sport so special? Yeah, so definitely when I was younger, hockey was king. I mean, everyone in my town played it, and I, I was pretty good at it from a, from a young age. Um, I feel like I was gifted with being pretty athletic and in lots of ways. But as I grew older and then moved to South Dakota, I played for maybe three or four years after I moved here in sixth grade. And I still I still loved it, but um, I started running more seriously as I, as I got older and I realized that this is probably going to be the sport that I can go the farthest in and that I would, I would enjoy to pursue um, as I get older. And I mean, it's a really hard sport to double. Like maybe it's not like soccer or something where it's a bit easier. I mean, it takes, it demands different, uh, different body types and um, different like dedication. So I would say I just had to, had to make a choice my freshman year and uh, I, I chose running. So at what point in your journey did you realize that you could do some extraordinary things in this sport, things like you did last weekend? Yeah, so I would say I always thought that I could be a really good runner, uh, especially in South Dakota. But I would I don't think I ever got to the point where I thought, yeah, I could be one of the top uh, nation, one of the top guys in the nation in this sport. It's just kind of... Um, you really just don't know where your fitness is at training here and racing here. Like, I mean, you don't, I got two opportunities to run a fast mile, one at Arcadia and one at the Brooks PR where I was fresh and had pretty good weather. But in between those times, I really never knew what type of shape I was in or what the next step would be. So I was just kind of like, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's pretty sick because, I mean, no one was talking about me. I had no pressure. I mean, it came in the Brooks with the worst seed time, which is a gift in my opinion. Um, so I really had no idea what type of fitness I was in. Um, so I would say I never never really thought that I would, I would get to this point. So the question I wrote down was, when did you come to the realization that you could potentially break four minutes in the mile? But from my short time speaking with you, I have to wonder... Going into that race, did you even believe that you could break four minutes in the mile? Was that even on your mind? Or was it more like, hey, let's just squeeze a PR out of today, and if it happens to be super low in the fours, we'll take it? No, yeah, I came in with the goal to break four. Uh, I'm not sure how many people thought it was realistic or if I, even I truly believed it was realistic, but I decided that I was going to run the race in a way that would set up for that opportunity. So... I mean, it could have, it could have, I could have just blown up and it could have been a horrible race. I'm just, I'm lucky my fitness was there, but that was definitely my goal. I mean, it's what I had my workouts. My last two workouts were um, kind of geared toward running the sub, sub four minute mile. And I guarantee you, if I brought you through them, everyone would be like, well, that's, I, if he, like him running that workout definitely doesn't show that he's uh, ready to break four, but that's just South Dakota running for you. Yeah, so was there a particular workout that showed you that you could run as fast as you did? Or kind of as you've been speaking of, was it just kind of a culmination and belief of all the training you had done in such horrible conditions that made you think, hey, I'm, I'm tougher than everybody and I'm prepared to run in any condition possible? Yeah, definitely um, more of the second, but I can, I can bring you through um, my last 
workout that gave me confidence, even though it gave me confidence. It probably didn't give anyone around me or anyone, any of the listeners wouldn't have given them confidence that much. But I did six times 400 and like 59 high. Uh, the first four were in trainers and the last ones were spiked up. And I know like tons of people can do that workout and then go and run 410. So I'm just blessed to have the competitive spirit I have. And um, yeah. So you kind of mentioned before you squeezed your way into the Brooks PR invite. You had zero pressure on your shoulders. If I'm being honest, as a podcast host with you, I had never heard of your name before the meet. Um, no disrespect, but I hadn't. And uh, so I'm curious, and I know you listen to the Reinhardt Harrison podcast. And in that podcast, he definitely speaks a lot on the idea of pressure and how he had immense pressure on himself for the past two years, which I'm sure is like super, super foreign to you. So how do you like view the sport now that you broke this barrier and very few people knew your name before that race and now a lot of people are chatting about you? Yeah, I think it's super cool. I mean, personally, I love to get on sites like or just recently, I like there was a Let's Run thread about me, and I just enjoyed reading all the funny stuff people had to say. Lots of it not true, but I just got a <laughs> classic. Got a, got a, I got a kick out of it, and I thought that was really cool. I can definitely see how that can be harmful, though. Um, but I just haven't had I haven't had to deal with um, much pressure because even like I just did it, and now I'm not really racing again until cross country. So, I mean, you probably won't even hear my name in cross country because I'll be racing local meets and stuff. But I feel like I'll be able to deal with the pressure pretty well. Uh, a big part of it is just not being in the races uh, very often that people are like, oh, he's going to do this or that. It's just kind of going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he's going to do today. But, yeah. Yeah, so what's it like kind of being very state-oriented in the sense that as you're kind of lying out, you very rarely race outside the state of South Dakota. I know a lot of kids of your caliber would constantly be going to meets like Woodbridge or Clovis or those kind of meets to constantly be running fast times, but instead you've kind of chosen to stay in state and stay local and, and race in those competitive outlets. So can you kind of take us behind why it's important to you to kind of stay in your state and represent your state in that way? Yeah, um, so I did leave the state, I believe, ju yeah, just two or three times in the track season, but um, once for Arcadia and then the national races. But in cross country, it just isn't important to me to run fast times. It's all about effort, and I have a pretty good team. We won the state title last year in cross country, so it's important for me to be around and run races with my team so we can focus on getting that state style. So, so there's just not a point for me to go to, like, Woodbridge or something and push for fast times because, to be honest, too, cross country isn't – isn't. Uh, I'm not nearly as good as I am in track and field. Like, I definitely – I like cross country, but – um, when I, when I'm ready to run fast, that's in track. So I'm going to have fun with my team and build a good base for the upcoming seasons. But yeah, I probably won't, you probably won't hear my name a bunch in cross country. So going into the Brooks PR race, what was the plan heading into it? Yeah, the plan was to kind of, well, a couple hours before the race actually started, after Gary Martin ran the 800, he, he said he was going to hop in and uh, pace us through the first day 100. So Kind of after that, I was just like, well, 
I'll probably just kind of stay in the back the first couple laps and let them really go for it because I have confidence in my closing speed. So if I'm like a little bit off pace the first lap or two, I'm really not worried. So I just thought I'm going to go out there, stay out of trouble, and then when the race starts to heat up, I'll be where I need to be. And I believe that worked out really well. So can you take us behind the final lap of the race, which I really encourage everyone to go watch. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. I think there's like a YouTube video of the final lap that I watched. And in it, you're definitely in it, but like the commentators don't say your name and you're kind of hanging in fourth. And then with about like 90 meters to go, you swing wide and you just give it your everything. You close in a 56 to break the four minute barrier. So can you kind of take us through your thoughts and actions during that final lap? Yeah, so I think there was three guys ahead of me just kind of all battling together. So I was just on the inside letting them um, battle each other on that last lap, and I just kind of had the perfect perfect spot just to kind of sit there and wait for my time to strike. And I would say with like 150 to go, I kind of had like a thought, like a little idea pop in my head, and I was like, uh, we're, we're probably a little bit off pace, so I need to, I need to get going if I want to break four. And I tried to... Um, kind of get past the guys with 150 to go, but um, I would think one of one of them swung wide, and I was like, it's not worth going out to lane three to, I'll just waste all my energy. So I tucked in back on the rail and just hoped I could close fast enough in the last like 60 meters to get it. And uh, I'm glad I was able to. But yeah, I felt really good with 100 left. I was like, I was like ready to turn on my speed because I, I love just all out sprinting at the end of races. It's, it's a really fun feeling, especially when you feel good. So you cross the finish line. You realize you broke the barrier. It was super close. I want to say you ran like 359.5 something. What emotions did you feel when you crossed the finish line and realized you were the 17th boy to ever break the barrier? Yeah, so right as I crossed the line, I was just hyped to have won the race. I don't even know. I don't, I don't think I even knew that I had broken four yet. I was maybe a couple minutes after I realized when the announcer said it. But, yeah, I was just extremely hyped to beat all those guys, and um, I definitely was filled filled with a lot of pride for my state. And be like, I think I said something like, don't mess with South Dakota, like the camera didn't cut there yet, but I think you can see my little hand gesture. <laughs> the camera cuts back to me. But, yeah, I was, I, was, I was really pumped up. I was, like, filled with confidence right after that, and, uh, yeah, I was just like, yeah, don't don't mess with South Dakota. That's, that was like what I was thinking, but yeah. So I have to ask, coming home, are you like now like a low key celebrity in your local town now that like you did this monumental thing and South Dakota's not that well spoken of? Yeah, um, I would say I'm pretty well known. Definitely, definitely, obviously more in the running. I don't know how many people outside of running know me that much. I mean, a couple. Sometimes people will be like, are you that, that kid from Stevens who, who runs fast? And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I feel like I'm getting there. I'm not, I don't quite have that status yet, but maybe, maybe someday. So a few other questions before we get into some fun ones. In your opinion, why do, we th- or why do you think we're seeing so many high schoolers run so fast these days? Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone's always been just getting faster, like ever since the sport of running like came to existence i mean everyone's just always running faster so i mean there there always has been a couple booms like when free was around and jim ryan there is like maybe little bumps in the curve 
but I just feel like it's all it's all part of running, progressing. I mean, obviously we have a bunch of new advancements. Um, there's always that debate over the shoes and whether people would how fast they would have ran with the shoes. And I I think there is some some truth to that. I mean, the shoes are amazing. I I personally love running in the in the victories that Nike makes. So um, if I didn't I, if I didn't believe they were the best, I wouldn't race in them. So. But that's just how running goes, you know. I mean, things get better, people get faster, tracks get better, and it's just a big part of it. Is I mean, I have the opportunity to fly out to Seattle and race, guys. I mean, not too long ago, I mean, people wouldn't just in high school they wouldn't just fly around the country, racing in great weather against great people. So yeah, yeah, that's a that's a solid point. What attributes do you think make up a successful runner? Yeah. Um, Obviously, you need to be dedicated. That's that's a huge part. You got to have self motivation. You got to believe in yourself. So if you if you have all those, you're gonna be pretty much good at anything you do in life. And I mean, I feel like lots of runners are successful in lots of other things. So if you can have that drive and motivation and push yourself to get out the door and run, um, I feel like that's a huge attribute to to have not only in running but in life so yeah for sure so from your perspective of your few short years of competitive running what are the biggest lessons you've learned from the sport yeah it's definitely a big big lesson is not to take yourself too seriously i mean running is a sport that can humble you humble you real quick and i always try to remember that i mean I, this this might be an up an upside right now but who knows what would happen in a week or a year like you don't know you can't you can't always say too much. You can't always hype yourself up that much because you don't know what the future holds. So, it's like a a big part of um, being a successful runner is just staying humble and understanding that um, you got to be thankful for what you have right now and that you may not have it in a year. So you just got to stay in the moment and and enjoy it. So looking to the coming year, your final year in high school, what are your plans, goals, and aspirations for this year? Yeah, so I feel like something I never got a good opportunity to do this year was really run a fast 800. Um, I ran I ran a couple 800s, but I never ran one completely fresh. Like at Nike, I was off of the Brooks Mile and I ran a medley a day or two before. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting the crush from 800s next year. And I am looking at that national record um, I'm going to keep that in mind training wise and cross country that I can be really fast next year. So, um, I know lots of guys in my position will look at, at the, at Alan Webb's mile record, but, um, I feel like next year, my biggest goal might be going after the 800 meter national record for high school. Ooh, love to hear it. What's it like being a part of like such an amazing class of so many guys that, you know, I feel like it's pretty unheard of to have one guy sub four in a year. I think you're the fifth this year and you and Connor are both juniors. So how exciting is it to be a part of such an elite class of high school runners? Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, I feel like even before people really knew me or even, and even Connor, Connor kind of, came around more lately as well i mean there was that this newbury park class like aaron lex and leo they've those juniors everyone's always kind of hyping them up and then the 
kind of add some more guys and even like Kip Yego and Rocky Hansen, like it's just so many good milers and um, 5K guys that I feel like we have a chance to be the best class in the history of high school um, running. Um, so, yeah, I'm really hoping that we can all stay healthy and really put on a show next year. For sure. Uh, are you ready to go through the rapid fire questions, also known as the going to the wall segment to top off this episode? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, and if someone's name or handle is easy to pronounce, I will say it. Otherwise, I won't just so I don't butcher their name. The first question is shoe rotation and weekly mileage. Yeah, so I basically, basically do all my workouts and stuff from trainers. So right now, I wear the 2020 Brooks Adrenalines. That's what I've been wearing ever since they came out and haven't updated the model. I wear 2020 Brooks Adrenalines for everything, no matter what I'm doing. And then what it, I think the second part was, what is your weekly mileage? Oh, yeah. Um, I averaged 40 this year for track. You got a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of questions about your sunglasses. Uh, the first one was, is there a reason for the sunglasses? Um, yeah, I mean, a big part of it was when I was younger, there was a couple guys I saw um, running in South Dakota who wore sunglasses, and I thought that was pretty cool. And also, it's like, it's really nice to wear sunglasses. It's like, keeps kind of the wind out of your eyes and really helps your face relax. Another person wants to know where you got the sunglasses you wore to break four from. Oakley. Nice. Yeah, and I actually, I actually have the name of my school written on the lenses, like one of them on the on the on the side. So that's kind of what I, I got them to wear with my uniform. So my, my blue uniform. So that's why they're blue. Hey, Oakley executives, if you're listening to the Running Effect podcast, hook up Simeon with a sponsorship. Uh, you would appreciate it. <laughs> um, Noah Longrunner asked, goals for cross country? Um, I'm definitely looking at, uh, I think it's East Bay now, East Bay Nationals. I'd like to be really competitive in that race. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of like Garmin running lane, so I probably won't be there, but you'll probably see me at the other national races. Alex asked, would you rather run a sub 48, 400 or a sub 1435 K? Uh, sub 48. I know you kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you kind of spoke on this a little bit earlier, but William asked, I'm from South Dakota too, and was wondering where and how you train with the weather. Yeah, just, I mean, usually just outside, no matter what, I mean, whether it's windy, freezing, it's just outside. Uh, this question is a bit factually incorrect, but I guess you can still answer it. How do you drop 30 seconds in the mile in a year to break four? I think it was more like 25, but. Yeah, it was 25, but um, I guess a big part of this year was I was never really injured and I finally figured out my allergies. I have, <laughs> apparently I have like super bad allergies to like pollen and stuff and I just never knew that before. So I started taking like over-the-counter allergy medication so I didn't get sick pretty much this whole year. So that was also a big part of it. Nice. Uh, someone else asked, who's your favorite song or what's your favorite song and who's your favorite artist? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, favorite artist, 
I'm a I'm a pretty big Kanye fan. Nice. Def- definitely a big fan of Kanye, so I guess I'll stay on that kind of train of thought and choose my favorite Kanye song. Uh, he has some really great underrated songs. Yeah, he really does. I like most of his th- stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Um, gosh. What about, like, your favorite Kanye album? Well, and Kendrick. Kendrick's, I guess my favorite album is Kendrick's new one. Really? I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Okay, what's your favorite a, song from it? United in Grief. Yes, okay, I love that song. I think it's underrated. I think people are sleeping on that one. And, uh, like, I think the thing that makes that song so special is, like, it's, like, all over the place, but that's kind of what makes it special. There's, like, clearly so much thought into it, like, to weave in and out different elements and such and, like, add different noises at different times. I think it's, like, one of the most masterful songs of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's like yeah, it's like a piece of art. It's like what you see in like more classically based music. Like if someone played a song for like a twenty minute like orchestral piece or something, it's kind of all fit into like a four or five minute more rap hip hop song, which is pretty sweet. So Yeah, I totally agree. I, so I'll do bad news for my favorite Kanye song. It's like uh I like to listen to like really chill music before I race, like <laughs> just like most like even like heartbreak anniversary or stuff like that, you know, just like super chill. I don't like to get hyped up or anything, so that's one of my favorite songs to listen to before I race. Nice. Uh, Fabian asked, "Who's your track crush?" Oh boy. Uh, like professional runner. Yeah. Man, I'm gonna have to go with Emma Coburn. Nice. That's. A, right. I feel like that's a classic high school boy answer. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, I, I don't really have like anything, anything pretty cool to say on that one. But yeah, just go with go with a good one. Isaiah asked, "What does this mean f- for you coming from Rapid City?" Yeah, I mean, it definitely fills me with pride to be from a, a small town. Or not? It's <laughs> I guess it's probably a, it's the second biggest um, place in South Dakota, so I can't really call it small. But it definitely. Uh, gives me a lot of pride coming from here and being able to represent. Uh, Neilan asked, do you have a favorite track or cross-country course? And if so, which one is it? Mm. I'll, yeah, I'll go on the lines of favorite cross-country. I feel like all tracks are kind of the same. But um, mm. I guess no one, no one will really understand this answer because I don't feel like Maybe like ten people listening will will get this because it's a South Dakota course. Um, there's a really small one too. When I was at a smaller school, there's this course in Phillips, South Dakota, and it's like two laps around this golf course. And we always would run it in like the morning, and it'd be like foggy and misty out. So it'd be like super cool, and it's like in the middle of nowhere, so there's like like no buildings around, and it's just like the most chill environment and it's just the funnest thing. So I'd say that's my favorite shout out Phillips, South Dakota. <laughs> nice. Um, this person also wanted to know what is the hardest workout you've ever done? Um, yeah, I would say I'm, I really hate one case, one K repeats. Um, so I would say, I, I think I did like five times one K and like, 
250 or something, all all in trainers on the track, and that just sucks. I mean, <laughs> that's basically me, so that's probably my hardest one. I have to ask, this question is from me and not from Instagram. What is the worst weather conditions you've ever worked out in? <laughs> well, one of, one, of, one of the ones I think about is uh, it was like 10 days out from New Balance indoors, so it's still like pretty cold out. And it was snowing, like 30-mile-an-hour winds, probably like 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts, um, 20 degrees maybe. And I went to the track, and the track was like locked up. They like closed it. So I had to hop the fence, <laughs> and it was like <laughs> – it was, and it was like a more speed-based workout too, like faster 400s. And it was just the most brutal thing. So I was like going like almost walking pace when I was against the wind and I was like running ridiculous fast with the wind. So that was, um, yeah, that was, that was wild. Uh, we'll ask a few more. Uh, Max wants to know, what are your thoughts from your big progression from sophomore to junior year? Yeah, I mean, it's it's unreal. So I've kind of been progressing like 10 to 12 seconds in the mile each year since like sixth grade. Like very consistent with that like amount of margin and just, just kind of like to double that in one year. I mean, it's it's wild. I mean, I guess it can probably be accredited to after my sophomore year. That was the first like time I trained year round in the summer and winter since I wasn't playing hockey. So I guess I was probably doing twice the amount of training, and that's what you can accredit it to. But still, I mean, I never would have guessed I'd be where I am today. This question sounds like it's straight off of Let's Run, but I'll ask it anyway. How can I get the roids you're on? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the worst jokes I hear all the time. It's like, I want whatever you, you're taking. It's like, bro, nah, yeah, straight off of Let's Run for sure. Yeah, what's you know, it like? Drink- What's it like having like people like that like discredit your performances uh, after like putting so much hard work into them? I wouldn't say people are really discrediting them. I think just they're kind of having fun with it. I mean, I hope they're not. I like to think that they're just like having fun with it and trying to have fun. But um, so yeah, I, I hope they're not trying to discredit them. Yeah, for sure. Okay, two more questions. Uh, the first one: uh, What is your favorite food? Yeah, that's tough. I definitely. I, my mom makes most of like dinners and stuff and they're like super good. So probably something she makes, she makes some extremely good granola. Like she'll make like a huge batch of granola and it'll last like two months and I'll just eat that constantly. So I'll, I'll go with that. Speaking more of South Dakota, this question is from me. Is there any like special food that comes from South Dakota or that you guys make that you can only get in South Dakota? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I mean, we just have a lot of cows and stuff, so just a lot of beef. But <laughs> I mean, you can get that in there. So, For sure. Uh, I think we're we're a pretty bad state if you want to have some good food, I would say. It's not the place to come to get some good food. Okay, my last question. This one is from me. I ask every guest this question. If you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, I guess the Simeon birthday special tonight, what would you cook for him? Oh, boy. Definitely not much of a chef. Uh, um, I have to. 
I don't know. I feel like the only thing I can really cook is breakfast, so I'd have to invite him over for breakfast or something. <laughs> but <laughs> probably make some. Probably make him a smoothie first of all, with some you know protein powder, and get some gains in for Gordon. But um, then maybe pancakes with like fruit on the side. I don't know how I could make it fancy enough for him, but yeah, that's probably my answer. Nice. Uh, well, Simeon, this has been a really fun conversation. It's been great getting to know you personally a little bit better, your story better, and the state of South Dakota running a little bit better. It's been a pleasure being able to talk to you uh, this past half hour. So thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, my birthday, best birthday wishes as well. So thank you for coming on the show. I know, for sure. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Running Effect. If you liked it, I would greatly appreciate it if you share with your friends, subscribe to the show, and give us a five-star review on Spotify. That way, people who haven't discovered the show can discover the show more easily. Another way you can help the show is to support the people who support us. Currently, this podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV and Stoke Performance Nut Butter. I would greatly appreciate it if you guys support those organizations and use our discount code, which is, quote, the running effect in all caps. We get a small commission from all sales using that code, so you are directly contributing to the future of the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram. My username is the running effect, and we also have a Strava club, and I believe our username slash club name is called the running effect or the running effect podcast. One of those I'm sure will come up. So I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. I hope to catch you all in next week's episode. So until then, happy running. Thank you.